Bibi Fahodier, welcome to the African Liberation Media Podcast. Media solely focused on the liberation and empowerment of African people. I'm your host, Gullah Jack, a.k.a. Russell Swilly. Let's get to it. Well, Bibi Fahodier, this is the African Liberation Media. Today's date is November 2nd. 6261 of 2020. I am Gullah Jack, aka Russell Swilly, here with brothers Amos and Macaru. Suffice it to say, November 3rd, tomorrow, does not bode well, regardless of outcome. If Trump wins, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, and the right-wing element of the far-right faction of the Republican Party that constitutes the lunatic fringe will feel more emboldened. Of course, if Trump loses, they will cry malfeasance. And of course, if Biden wins, who knows what to expect? Of course, we can reasonably assume, based on his past history, that we'll have more austerity, a race to the bottom, as many social observers call it, as well as war to the detriment of the domestic economy. If Biden wins and he does not make substantive changes, this just simply paves the way for people like Matt Gates down in Escambia County, Florida, who could rise on a fascist agenda. And I have no doubt about it. He would have no qualms crushing protesters, demonizing protesters, enhancing draconian police tactics, etc., etc. This is the African Liberation Media here with brothers Macaru and Amos. Gentlemen, take it where you want to dig it. The baby for Holy A, African family. Again, if you're new to our show or you're listening for the first time, definitely subscribe to us wherever you're listening to us. And if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. And hit the like button on this video and also leave a comment so that your voice can be heard. Tomorrow is doomsday for a lot of people. You know, this is the time of year where half of the people in the country feel like there's hope and half of the people in the country feel like there's despair. Because the candidate that they want to win either wins or loses. But in this situation, as regards to people who have been in this struggle for African liberation for a long time, we know that the struggle will continue on no matter who the victor is of the United Snakes of America. But with that, we still have to be prepared to keep ourselves up to date on the current issues, the current news, and the current possibilities. What could possibly happen if Donald Trump is reelected? Well, we know Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and other left groups 
have been planning to potentially riot or what they would call shut down D.C. if there is a Trump victory, not just D.C., but also multiple cities across the country. Is it a possibility that we will see mass rioting that could take place for the next two months until Inauguration Day? Um, now, we've never seen the military, uh, at least in modern times, remove a president from office in the United States. Uh, many of us remember back in 2013, the Egyptian Revolution, where the Egyptians flooded the streets to here square. They burned down buildings and they rioted and demonstrated for multiple weeks until it forced the military to remove Mubarak from office. Is that a similar situation that could happen with the reelection of Donald Trump? Personally, we have to be prepared even if Biden wins because you have another side, as Gullah Jack mentioned, the Proud Boys or many of the rednecks or many other white nationalists that support Donald Trump that will also be very angry and upset and be prepared to riot and demonstrate on behalf of who their leader is. So we have to really use our network as African people right now. And your awareness has to be at an all time high because the tensions are going to be very high on both sides, no matter who's elected. Uh, there was a report that came out about a week ago where they had discovered uh, that, you know, Black Lives Matter and Antifa had been sponsoring people within their group to get firearms training uh, to prepare for this upcoming election result. Another thing that we have to keep in mind with this election is that if Biden does win, that doesn't necessarily mean Donald Trump is going to go away. Even though Donald Trump won't be the president of the United States, I'm pretty sure that he will still be a cheerleader for his constituency online on Twitter. It'll be interesting to see if they end up banning or blocking him from the platform. But Donald Trump will probably still send out tweets on a daily basis if he were to lose. Now, I don't believe that Donald Trump will lose tomorrow or today uh, if you'll be listening to this when it posts tomorrow, I believe Donald Trump would be reelected. But if he is not reelected, Donald Trump still holds a position of power because he has the power of influence over a mass amount of people in this country. And if he chooses to do so, he could potentially spark a civil war. Uh, so there, there's a number of different scenarios and situations also with the pending charges or the charges that they have been trying to bring up on Donald Trump for his supposed uh, campaign issues and paying women off and things like that. Will they press charges against him or, or arrest him if he's not reelected? So that'll also be interesting to see. Uh, but those are just my opening thoughts. Uh, uh, you brothers can respond or 
or take it where you want to take it. Yeah, Bibi Fahodier, African family. Yeah, it is It is a time of, of high tension. I wrote an article in the county news several a uh, couple of weeks ago, you know, titled, uh, Polls Indicate That Many Americans Fear a Civil War and People Are Stockpiling Food and Guns because a lot of people are expecting that it just could be mass chaos in the streets. The the um, you know the country could be ungovernable. Uh, certainly, uh, we saw last week uh, many businesses in downtown Washington D.C. Uh, being boarded up in anticipation, and tonight they are installing a, a new fence around the White House, a non-scalable fence they call it so that you won't be able to get in into the white house grounds so yeah it is it is indeed a a, a time of of high of high tension probably uh, unprecedented since the presidential election of 1860 i would imagine uh, you know nothing else compares to what people are anticipating a lot of people of african descent are being told to vote as if your life depends on it which is very interesting that people would think that whoever's elected is going to save the lives of african people that's ludicrous right neither one gives a rat's rear end or a flying flip about african people a, a, a vote, uh, you know, for either, uh, as Du Bois called it, uh, the evil party with two names. One of them is going to win. So, you know, that's uh, that that's what we're looking at. Yeah, to your point, brother. <laughs> uh, neither party is concerned about African people. Uh, much of the theatrics conducted by the Kente cloth wearing Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer is merely performative. Uh, you know, they may hit you with, uh, I'm on the verge of getting hot sauce out of my pocket, out of my purse, and sprinkling it on watermelon. They may be even prepared to do the moonwalk, but that just shows you how lowly they regard us with contempt, to say the least. Uh, to think that these performative theatrics will result in our fealty toward them, and sadly it does in many instances, you know, absence of uh, policy. But I was listening to a, <coughs> excuse me, I was listening to a gun owner, uh, in fact, on YouTube, and he was talking about the fact that uh, bullets are flying off the shelves. People are not selling secondhand guns to pawn shops, indicative of the tension in the vitriol that exists as we sit here on the day prior to this election. Uh, it appears as if 
Portland, Oregon may be a potential hotspot. Right wingers versus Antifa, uh, Patriot Prayer Northern Organization. I was listening to Timothy Ryerson, Ryerson, and Jernigan uttering violent threats about slashing throats and this kind of thing. Uh, Leader of a left-wing organization, gentleman by the name of Luis Marquez, says that his house has already been firebombed. But one of the more interesting gentlemen, uh, your brothers may shed some light on it, is uh, Grandmaster Jay in the critique that he has of uh, Black Lives Matter. I quote, Grandmaster Jay says that BLM, they have not achieved anything. Uh, In fact, is the name of his uh, organization. But uh, clearly, not in my lifetime has I have I heard or seen uh, such incendiary uh, rhetoric. I took a, a look at uh, the election of 1876, I believe it was Hayes Tilden compromise prior to the election. Uh, there was nothing recorded that was comparable to the uh, the vitriol that I'm hearing uh, here in 2020 or 62-61. So uh, tomorrow will be interesting. Um, and um, as the brother alluded to earlier, take every precaution, African people, to not get caught up and uh, stay alert to whatever degree, to the highest degree. It's incumbent that we maintain a level of maximum alertness. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think, like I said, on both sides, we have to worry about these situations no matter what. I think that Donald Trump is going to win this election in the landslide, personally. Um, I know in the last program we discussed some things in regards to the differences between Trump and Biden and how I feel as though we have to look at the system the same, the system the same, no matter who the president is that is elected. But there are some differences between what each candidate represents in regards to how white people want to control and dominate the United States and the rest of the globe. Uh, Joe Biden is approaching it from a more globalistic, uh, socialist standpoint Donald Trump is is doing it from a more traditional white nationalist position. Joe Biden is more in tune with the Western corporate Zionists and Trump is more in tune with the Eastern Israeli Zionists. So they're both uh, playing a power position in this internal war that's going on that includes or several organizations uh, that make up what people call the deep state uh, that also have their particular agenda. Uh, Donald Trump continues to carry out the geopolitical agenda of the United States government and that agenda rarely changes no matter who is elected. It is to continue to exploit countries around the world turn countries into third world countries while America and Europe extract the resources out of those countries for their prosperity. And uh, now on the table is securing the position of Israel 
as a powerhouse in what they call the Middle East. Uh, so that's also on the forefront. Another thing that I'm seeing, as we've been seeing over the past three years, is the bias objectives and the bias agenda of the American mainstream media, whether it be CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, or what have you. They always promote negative stories in regards to Donald Trump. And you often have to go outside of the American mainstream media to find stories that will point out things about people like Biden or Obama or other things. I saw a couple of things that were very shocking to me. And we don't try to really get into a lot of the general stuff on this show, but the stuff that they're finding in Hunter Biden's laptop, the, the laptop that was confiscated by Giuliani, Trump's lawyer, from a computer repair shop. These uh, lewd pictures of him having sex with these different women, and in some cases minors, um, there have been there have been. Um, text messages that, that they found talking about he how he has slept with his brother's wife there have been uh, accusations that he's even had sex with President Obama's daughter Malia uh, pictures that were found of her credit card with cocaine uh, and there have been rumors in the past of Obama's daughter using drugs like this before so it's not too far fetched to think that her and Hunter Biden would possibly have some type of relationship. We know how Obama's daughter and Obama's family is very close with white people. But uh, to know that the person that's running under you, the vice president's son, potentially is screwing your daughter. Uh, this is something that we that we uh, probably won't go too deep into. But to me, it's just... Uh, it's very interesting that all of these things that different media outlets are refusing to cover. And at the same time, when they do have to cover it because of someone bringing it to the, the forefront, they cherry pick and choose what they want to say is a fact checking position on based on the evidence that they have or they try to deflect to an alternative topic um, keeping Joe Biden from being associated with with all of this because of this election but on the other end if this were you know Eric Trump or Donald Trump's sons in this participating in this type of behavior then this would be blasted all over the mainstream media and people would be associating Donald Trump with it as well there's also been stuff on the laptop showing that the Biden family was making millions of dollars in China and in Ukraine and in, um, in other countries with these uh, multinational corporations. So um, the person that a lot of black people feel that they are voting for or that they're electing, even though he has a track record, as we, as we have discussed, a 47-year track record of white supremacist acts against black people devastating acts against black people 
even what he's done lately, um, a lot of it has been corrupt. Now, we know that, you know, many politicians are corrupt. So there's probably some things under the skirt of Donald Trump as well. Uh, but for people to say that they're voting for the lesser of the two evils in this situation, really, there is no lesser evil. Uh, there's just one person that emotionally makes you feel better and one person that gets up under your skin and that you hate because of his tone and the way that he expresses himself to the public. When we look at Joe Biden, I heard one sister say uh, the other day, uh, she said, um, she said, what is what has Joe Biden done lately or right now? This is what a lot of people say. What is Joe Biden doing now that affects black people the way what Trump is doing is affecting black people? Well, if we study our history, many black families right now are broken up because of the crime bill that Joe Biden was a pioneer of, was the initial creator of. Many black men don't know who their fathers are right now because of the crime bill that Joe Biden wrote. So even the things that Joe Biden did back in 94 are still affecting black people now, still affecting our families now. And a lot of his policies that he's going to implement if he is elected will still affect black people now and going into the future. It, to, to your point, brother, uh, just a couple of things as it relates to the um, clash of culture. I can't remember the source of this, but um, last week we played... Uh, you got your hooks in me by the OJ. This OJ's. This is very similar. A farmer was asked once how he planned to get his crops to the market. The farmer replied, "It's easy. The willingness or the willingest jackass will have to pull the heaviest load." That refers to our situation. Uh, it's comparable to our situation, but. Uh, Listen, sister, the queen ancestor, Frances Welsing, uh, she talked about a book I never heard of, 1920, publication by Lothrop Stoddard, The Rising Tide of Color. Uh, white supremacists anticipated um, what was about to occur in terms of the changing demographics. Uh, Warren G. Harding, uh, who had ancestry similar to Jed Gahuva, Ged Gahuva, as the brother refers to him, used it to support segregation. In speaking to a crowd of over 100,000 people in the 20s in Birmingham, Alabama, and of course, um, recently Pat Buchanan wrote a book titled The Death of the West, where they anticipated uh, white civilization being in a crisis, white civilization uh, to quote Amos Wilson, being on its deathbed, white supremacy for a number of factors. Uh, censorship, uh, to your point, Amos, I'm, I'm sorry, Amos, uh, reflected in the uh, resignation of a general from the intercept, uh, Glenn 
Greenwald, where he offered a scathing criticism of Joe Biden. And he was forced to resign from a media site that he founded, that he co-founded, Glenn uh, Greenwald. So it, it, it is very interesting. You got the public sentiment, you got white supremacy on one with two white supremacists, the more virulent form of white supremacy is reflected in the support base of Donald Trump. But Silicon Valley, the Pentagon and Wall Street clearly own the Democratic Party. You know, so what will give? What will give is the question. You know, the power apparatus on one end, and you have a, a distorted populist base on the other hand, uh, su supporting uh, Trump of at least 4,000 more COVID cases in the state of Florida as of today. Election tomorrow. Yeah, they, uh, you know, if it was, if it was purely based on COVID, you would say Trump's quote unquote mismanagement, not that anyone else uh, stepped up to provide alternative messages. I mean, it's like you, when, Something happens you and that you you're totally unfamiliar with, but, but you do have some awareness of of diseases because you know we do have you know the influenza every year or whatever different types of the swine flu the Asian flu and the cat scratch flu or whatever. But once you you see for yourself certain things then common sense should tell you it's just like if you if you heard about a copperhead snake and a lot of people from New York City would have no idea what a copperhead snake looks like they never seen one but they know what a snake looks like and so you wouldn't just walk right up to it i mean to me all these people saying well trump said don't wear a mask well are you that dumb you know, to follow what a lunatic says. I mean, you know, just, uh, just, you know, it's just insanity. Uh, but in terms of the 115,000 plus white people who have died, uh, white people have proven for centuries, uh, thousands of years, based on the number of wars that they've been engaged in, they don't really care about a lot of people dying. If they if they believe in a cause, then deaths just don't matter. Now, now if it had been young, if it had been 115,000 young white people, then you know that may have it may have had a different impact. But given the age of the people, it, it, I, I, you know I don't see it turning the tide. A couple of things that uh, that we have noticed in in terms of in terms of you know what what we see in the early voting trends, a lot of the mainstream media would have you believe that black people are lined up, uh, you know, from you know Charlotte to Monroe or Concord, or from 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 New York to uh, Baltimore to vote, and Bloomberg, to the extent that they can be believed 
uh, did a report on October 30th that said 75% of the registered black voters in Pennsylvania, which a lot of people are considering to be the linchpin of this election, uh, have not voted. 75%. In Dade County, uh, Miami-Dade County, Florida, Republicans had almost a 10% advantage in turnout in early voting. Uh, but I think the theory that was dropped on me by my sister friend LaDonna, who said that when Biden chose Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris for his running mate, he was essentially saying that we don't want to win. And, you know, Chris Hedges and some others have put forth the position that the real job of the Democrats in this election was to prevent Bernie Sanders from running. Once they accomplished that, then they had satisfied the demands of the of the Wall Street oligarchs. But in terms of this Harris uh, situation, if you look at the uh, exit polls from the 2016 election, you see that a plurality of white women, about 47% voted for Donald Trump compared to 45% for Hillary Clinton. And there's always been this thing, I guess, you know, if you want to go back to uh, uh, Katie Stanton or Susan B. Anthony or whoever about, about white women, uh, you know, getting the right to vote, running for office, et cetera, you would think that white women having a chance to vote for a white woman if it was based purely on gender would do that but no they they held her accountable for the transgressions uh, of her husband sick Willie Clinton particularly the deindustrialization of the United States that initially affected uh, African males, in the urban centers like Chicago and Detroit and Cleveland and Milwaukee and places like that. But it also uh, eventually caught up to people. Uh, Chris Hedges was speaking in Troy, New York last week, I think it was. And he said that Troy, New York used to be uh, the second largest steel producer in the United States. And all of those uh, factories are now closed. And if you ride throughout uh, small towns in North Carolina and across the South where there were numerous textile mills in places like Gastonia, North Carolina, and Concord, North Carolina, and Lincolnton, North Carolina. Uh, it, the, 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 all of those jobs are gone. And they, they held uh, Clinton uh, responsible for that in, in places, you know, like, uh, you know, Steubenville, Ohio, and Youngstown, Ohio, and various places in Indiana and Kentucky and West Virginia. So, and Biden, of, of course, is tied to that. But in terms of the Harris thing, the way I look at it was that is this. Uh, this. This is based purely on the logic of white supremacy, and that that's probably an, an oxymoron to even say that. But if you look at it, if a if a plurality of white women voted for Trump against Hillary Clinton, how many uh, will vote? Let's 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 say a percentage of those of those ladies, uh, women, uh, voted 
purely against Clinton. Not that they were enamored with Trump, but purely against Clinton. Then you would expect that the percentages of those women who would be opposed to the possibility of Senator Harris becoming president because of the advanced age of uh, new Jim Crow Joe, you would think that the turnout would would be even larger. You would think that there is that there is an anti-Harris venom in the body politic that's not being uh, reflected in the polls uh, for whatever they're worth. And here I have to go back and give credit. I do remember a conversation uh, sometime during 2016 when we were running the Uhuru Sasa Liberation Academy over at Crossroads, and we were discussing the 2016 election and Brother almost predicted that Trump would win. And I said, no way. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I said that, you know, the, the, the oligarchic psychopathocracy could never have a better game plan in terms of executing their agenda than they had under Barack Obama. They had the ability to execute their agenda, and it had all... all all sorts of elements of crypto-fascism in terms of the National Defense Authorization Act, indefinite detention without due process. This man quietly militarized the police, and we're seeing the results of that militarization on the streets now. We see the massive expansion of AFRICOM that I think it would have been difficult for a white male president. I believe, I may be wrong, I mean, with the neocolonial... Uh, lackeys, running dog lackeys of the North Atlantic imperialists who run Africa, but with with Obama, it 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 became, you know, it more of a Trojan horse type of situation. So, uh, you know, given you know, given all given all of those those types of things, I mean, I just think that um, there's one other element. There's one other element, and this element has been expressed by a number of people who have said, you know, in the words of Fannie Lou Hamer, we're just sick and tired of being taken for granted. So we aren't voting, period. Uh, Omar Wally Africa just put out a video where he says, don't vote. You know, I think I think a protest vote, uh, in my opinion, is, is a way of showing dissent and giving an idea that, that people are also fed up. But, you know, I had this uh, email, uh, Facebook exchange with Dr. Jared Ball, and he said he could see both sides. So you do have a segment, and it could be represented here in the 75% of uh, black voters in Pennsylvania, a critical state. Uh, another thing is there has been a reverse migration of African people. Ever since the, de-industri- the deindustrialization or the offshoring of uh, decent-paying blue-collar jobs, you know, affected communities in, you know, Gary, Indiana, and Buffalo, and and uh, Cleveland, Toledo, and uh, St. Louis, and Baltimore, and other places, uh, there has been a reverse migration of African people uh, who initially left the South uh, and moved North, uh, you know, in the early uh, uh, 20th century, and uh, Hitler put them to work, you know, in factories, uh, during World War II, and 
many of them were able to stay in jobs in, uh, you know, General Motors and places like that. And so uh, those jobs have largely moved out of the United States. Some some jobs have been lost, obviously, to automation, but a lot of those jobs are still being done. They're just being done in what's called low-cost geographies. So there has been a, they, they had most of these cities, like Detroit, for example, uh, 75,000 people in Detroit who voted for Barack Obama did not vote for Hillary Clinton. And then you got the water crisis in in Flint, and there's in they're concerned now that black people in Detroit and Flint are not going to turn out and vote for Biden. So I'm, I'm not going to make a prediction. Uh, you know, almost is uh, undefeated. So, but I, I would just say beware of those factors, particularly the anti-Harris white woman factor. Yeah, I think, I think that's pivotal. I mean, a lot of people don't look at the fact that a lot of people believe Joe Biden could possibly die in this next election. I mean, in, in the next four years. So that would make Kamala Harris the president of the United States. It's not a lot of white people that's going to go into that voting booth with that in mind and pick a Biden-Harris ticket. Joe Biden almost told the people in so many words that he did not want to win by picking Kamala Harris. In fact, if if the Democratic Party really wanted to to defeat Trump, they should have just ran a Biden and Bernie Sanders ticket. Yeah, or Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, either either of those tickets would have more than likely defeated the Trump Pence ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's 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 no doubt about that, and. Uh, you know what we, you know what we, what what we are seeing, is, you know, a lot of a lot of our people. It, it's just amazing to me when you hear the conversations. Uh, there just is a, in nor in an inordinate amount of fear of Donald Trump. I've never seen anything like it, you know, coming up through Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, Reagan. I mean, it's like, you know, I saw a young young man said, you know, that that Trump was the worst president of his lifetime. I don't know how old he, the brother was, but, you know, he you know he said he was the most white supremacist, the greatest white supremacist of his lifetime. I mean, I'm assuming the guy's young, so he knows he knows nothing about the history <laughs> of uh you know J. Edgar Hoover, uh, Richard Nixon. <laughs> I mean it's just it's it's you know it's it, it it's quite amazing uh uh how myopic our people are. Well the thing yeah, is people yeah. think that like I stated earlier, they think that Donald Trump is gonna go away just because Joe Biden wins. He's still gonna send out tweets the media more than likely is still going to cover him because they get ratings off of it. So he's still going to be saying things that's going to piss a lot of people off, no matter if he's the president or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one one other thing almost uh, is how <clears throat> if if we remember if we remember how the media covered uh, the George Floyd 
rebellion, you know, exploded in, in exploding in thousands of cities across this country. And Philadelphia, after the uh, a brother was shot, a mentally ill brother was shot 14 times. A brother with a knife was shot 14 times, seven times by uh, each officer. There were two officers firing. They fired. They hit him 14 times, killed him. And the people uh, the, the, in West Philadelphia exploded. And, uh, you know, and, and, and there were a, a whole lot of opportunists. One, one of the things that was happening while, uh, you know, this particular rebellion was going on is uh, a, a bunch of people were stealing ATMs. And so, you know, they, they, they had no interest in what had happened to the brother. Mm -hmm. They were simply taking advantage of the situation. But it's very interesting how little national news coverage that particular situation got. And, uh, and the theory is that they didn't want to publicize it greatly because they thought it would hurt Biden and it would give uh, you know, Trump an opportunity to uh, you know, run his law and order uh, game and, and do a lot of tweets about people in the streets. Um, one of the things that we have to be real careful about the framing of this. I've seen the term race war almost as often as I've seen civil war. And when you and, and when they use the term race war, who exactly who do they think is going to be, you know, fighting a race war? OK, I mean, in terms of uh, the, the, the national African-American communities, in my opinion, not prepared to fight any kind of war. Uh, you know, there are some elements they had the consciousness that could certainly, uh, you know, defend themselves. But. Uh, one of the things that they that that people have to be acutely aware of when 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 demonstrating these days is that uh, with the use of cameras and facial recognition, demonstrators, protesters are being picked out and selected for federal charges. We got two stories up on our Facebook page about uh, some uh, people of African descent, uh, one, one group in Philadelphia and the other uh, brother in Chicago, uh, who, for some strange reason, on Facebook Live, told people to, to come to this mall. The people went to the mall. They did some damage. And he bragged on Facebook Live that he had incited a riot. Once he realized his mistake, he tried to escape to Mississippi and the FBI broke into his uh, grandfather's house in the Mississippi Delta at 6 a.m. in the morning. And he's been uh, incarcerated since June, uh, charged with um, uh, uh, crimes using the Internet to incite a riot, facing five years in prison. So, you know, we have to be... <laughs> You know, it's amazing. We did a whole lot of damage in Detroit in 1967 and Washington, D.C. and other places in 1968 with no Internet. And now people act as if that's the only way that they can organize anything. But go ahead, brothers. I know we're running short on time. 
Yeah, to your point, brother, a an Antifa member bragged about having killed um, a member of a right-wing militia, publicly boasted about it, and two weeks later he ended up dead. You know, uh, and, and mentioning Antifa, let me just let me just say this because I almost brought it up. When a lot of these groups are organizing under the banner of Black Lives Matter, and because Black Black Lives Matter really is, is an organization that uh, really has uh, no uh, particular uh, leadership or focus. Anybody can claim to be demonstrating on the part of Black Lives Matter and have nothing to do with black. These uh, these anarchists are, are only interested in anarchy. You know, they 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 want to bring the, the American empire down based purely on anarchy and they will they will take advantage of any situation. Uh, they they were on the streets of Ferguson, but you had some uh, strong black activists there like Darren Seals and others. That say, look, you know that that you're not gonna run that game on us. You're not you're not using us for cannon fodder, or you're not using us as guinea pigs. But in a lot of these cities where the demonstrations, like, you know, the 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 the, the largest white, the whitest large city in America, Portland, Oregon, and places like Seattle, 95 percent of the people protesting are white. So it's easy for Antifa to say, or any organization to say, well, we. We are we we're demonstrating for Black Lives Matter, and that is not even their concern. You know, if there was a clear definition of exactly what Black Lives Matter meant, it certainly doesn't mean anything when our children, uh, you know, like Sequoia Turner and Natalia Wallace, are being killed in Atlanta and Chicago. Well, definitely, you can always visit our website first. You know, with all of the censorship on social media even on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. You can always find all of our information on our website. We still need more signatures for our petition to ban the use of the N-word on all social media platforms, so you can go to our website directly, AfricanLiberationMedia.com. Sign that petition, share it with your friends. Also, you can find our podcast anywhere you get your podcast. That's Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or whatever. We'll be uploading more videos to our YouTube channel. So again, subscribe there. A BB for Hodier. BB for Hodier. Power or the lack of power. I want to repeat this. Power or the lack of power. If your education in this institution is not about gaining real power, not jobs, because your jobs do not represent power. Not getting elected, that does not represent power either. Uh, buying your houses and fine clothes does not represent power either. If it is not about real power, you are being miseducated and misled, and you will die educated and misled. If your study of black history is merely an exercise in feeling good about yourself, then you will die feeling good. The study of history then must be more than the pumping up of your self-esteem and the pumping up of your pride. Those things are important, 
But ultimately, those things are not the means by which we will save ourselves as people in this world. 